the coaches and uh, he's pretty important guy. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> as my as my daughter from Edmonton, <laughs> she. But uh, uh, so she's she's persistent. Oh, I should have answered and told her. But uh, <laughs> so she would have to put up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, episode 55 of Hoop's Journey, probably the first episode I've taken zero notes for. I got a full coffee and I'm ready for some good conversation with two of the biggest mentors I've had in my life, a couple of absolute legends in the coaching and teaching profession, as far as I'm concerned. Somehow we were able to track down Rich Chambers and actually get him to to be on this and with his busy life. We have... Mr. Rich Chambers and Mr. Don Van Oss joining us on a hoops journey today. How are you, gentlemen? Great. <laughs> <laughs> life is great, uh, Mitch. Yep. Tell me why during a pandemic. Why is life great? I'm coaching six days a week between uh, BC United Girls and uh, 3D, and and then Don and I and uh, Tony Scott are coaching uh, a group of really keen young uh, kids at Fox here that we're excited about, and uh, uh, the kids. They have nothing to do, so when they come in the gym, they're, everybody's excited just to be out and playing. So, and I'm in, I'm enjoying this uh, COVID style of teaching, two hour classes, and I I just find that that getting kids engaged and uh, pushing kids to be intellects over a two hour period, I'm really enjoying that part of it. I think the kids are. It's been a tough time for kids, and but when they came back from the online learning, I, I have found this year kids way more keen to learn, way more focused on learning, and uh, so I'm, I'm really loving the teaching part of it, and uh, I miss the competition in basketball, but, uh, but the teaching aspect has been outstanding. Yeah, it's like... One of the things I've taken away is if some of us have wasted a year and a bit and not learned or grown in some area, then what are we doing, right? And just the way you're talking there, Don, like you can hear the energy and, you know, you're coming towards the end of your career and you're still learning and trying to find new ways to adapt, which is awesome, which what's ma- makes you both like just invaluable educators. Um, so I think a lot of people have spent a lot of time trying to look at the negative things school-wise as opposed to being, okay, well, what can I learn and what can I change, right? Yeah. Nothing. Let's get into it. Let's get to the good stuff here. Um, you know, people listen to this episode or they'll start out by knowing the name or the faces. And, and I think one of the cool things about doing this is selfishly just getting to know more about people, right? I know a little more than most, but uh, tell us a little bit about you guys and what you were like as little ones growing up, your lives, um, and why coaching started to get on the map or just being part of sports started to get on the map for you? I always liked sports and it was different. When I was growing up, you just went with your buddies and you, you, you trained, you played by yourself. You learned how to compete on a daily basis. We used to play American ping pong all summer, you know, four guys. And then I loved baseball and, uh, and played for quite a long time, played for the Coquitlam Reds. Uh, some of the guys that Donnie played, uh, a new, he was a, a new West guy. We hated new West, right? 
And um, yeah, we didn't like Coquitlam either. <laughs> but uh, uh, some great coaches um, uh, that I had uh, uh, that uh, really uh, kind of were just great leaders of of people, right? And then a guy by the name of, of Dave uh, Williams. He came to my high school in grade 11, and he, he played for Puerto Alberni. And he was like an unbelievable player. He wasn't interested in coaching at all. He coached our, our senior boys team. But, mm. but I learned, I just watching him, I just, like, his ability to play, uh, I, I think it was Dave Williamson, I think. I, I, can't, I can't remember. He, he was an unbelievable player, and, and, he, and he just rat-balled in the gym with us all the time, right? And then the following year, a guy by the name of Tom Harris come to our school. And Tom Harris, who later became superintendent of our district, he's the first guy that actually took an interest in building a basketball program at Port Moody. And, and we had some pretty good guys, a guy by the name of Brian Morgan, who was like, like an unbelievable athlete and player, Kenny McKenzie. And so we had a lot of success. Tom was best friend with Stan Stewartson. And so I kind of got to know Stan as a player because he used to give BS stories right behind, like before the game, like trying to get you psyched out, like a, a typical stand, right? <laughs> I, I'll never forget one night we were playing them, and, and it's a big game. We needed to win to get in the playoffs, and he, he had a kid by the name of Blake Iverson, and he was telling Tom, who was sitting right behind me at the time, that Blake Iverson had 63 points on Tuesday night, and this is before the three-point line, and he says, who have you got to stop this guy, right? And... Tom had told me that I am checking this guy right in, earlier in the day, right? And I was like just dying, right? So, and then after I graduated, I came back and I coached the junior team under Tom. Right and, away? Uh, right away. Yeah. Uh, in, in university and, uh, and just uh, got involved that way. And, uh, and then I had a great opportunity in 1980 to, to work with Ken Shields and the under-21 Canada, Super Games, uh, Canada Summer Games team. And Ken and Kathy were unbelievable mentors, right, for two years. Uh, in those days, I'd get over to the island every Friday. I had to leave because we practiced at 7 on Friday night. I stayed in the dorms. We went 10 to 12, 2.30 to 4.30, and 7 to 9, right? And we did that all summer. So we practiced three times a day. And they weren't, like, shoot-arounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, skills workouts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, they weren't skill development, right? It was like full on practice. But as far as uh, learning basketball, uh, th- those two individuals were like I was so fortunate. And then getting to know Stan, I, I don't think there was a better motivator ever in high school boys basketball. And then you got you got the opportunity to coach with Doc and Goulet and. And and all those guys in the early days, right? That that were so passionate. So yeah, that was kind of my early path. Mine was completely different. <laughs> yeah. I I grew up in Newsminster. I was a baseball hockey player in those days, uh, and we're talking the '60s. You know, my parents could send us out, and we'd go over to Sapperton Park, and we just played all day. They. would my mom would come out on the front porch and yell out it was time for lunch. You'd run home and then, man, it'd be a quick lunch and back out. And we would play uh, American Ping. We'd play uh, hockey in the swimming pool. There's that little wading pool at Sapperton Park at that time. We used to play hockey there. Uh, we'd play on the street. Um, 
I played up at Queens Park Arena. I was playing uh, peewee rep and uh, bantam rep when I was uh, a kid, 5 a.m. practices in the morning. And then the summertime, it was baseball, and it, it was not unusual for me to be playing my little league game over at Queens Park while my my older brother, Brian, who played against uh, Rich at one time, he would be playing Babe Ruth over in the corner. And then after our games were over, we'd go watch my oldest brother who was playing Connie Mack in uh, Queens Park Stadium under the lights. And that was what we did as a family. We grew up that way. And that's the when we moved to Coquitlam, I was devastated because I was a New West kid and uh, I loved New West. And it took me a while to appreciate how great Coquitlam was. But I came out to Coquitlam and uh, I started uh, playing Babe Ruth up at uh, Blue Mountain Park and Monday Park. And uh, as a 14-year-old, I got asked to play in the all-star team and I, I didn't want to play with those guys. I thought they were a bunch of pricks. So, uh, I didn't bother. Uh, I, I went back to Saskatchewan with my parents and we, uh, we played basketball. Uh, we played, my uncle would organize, I actually, we would organize, uh, he'd get us into these, uh, small town baseball tournaments and cripes. I played, uh, one year, Went back there, and um, I played with a guy named Bernie Federko, who had a pretty good NHL career. He was a great baseball player, too. And we would go to these small tournaments and play, and we'd win money. And uh, eventually, I ended up playing with Coquitlam Reds, um, followed my hockey as well. and But eventually, with the Reds, uh, we went down to a tournament in uh, Monterey, California, and that's when... I just happened to play well, and that's when I got an opportunity. I ended up going, got a chance to go play NCAA at the University of North Dakota. It was there that I really got interested in basketball. I played as a grade nine at Montgomery Junior Secondary. Uh, Rich talked about Tom Harris. Well, another very famous coach in the Coquitlam District area was a guy named George Caldo. And I played for George at Montgomery, and I loved him. This and he, Curtis Caldo's dad? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, George was, George was. oh, man. He, I heard you talking about, um, on your podcast, about uh, Rich Goulet and how he, well, George, he was, he was, uh, he was tame compared to George Caldo. George was <laughs> unbelievable. But uh, uh, but a great guy and, 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 and was passionate. That, that was the only year I ever really played basketball. It was at the University of North Dakota. I lived in the dorm. The baseball guys and the basketball guys lived in the same dorm. And I got hanging around the basketball guys and got to know them pretty well. And they raved about their coach. Um, they just raved about him. And this guy's name was Dave Gunther. And I took a basketball coaching class with Dave Ginter. Now, these guys at that time were NCAA AA or whatever they called it. And they were one of the top teams in the nation at that level. As a matter of fact, they played a playoff game against uh, University of Wisconsin Green Bay who had uh, Tony Bennett coach there. And that was one of his first jobs. But that's when I got interested in, in, in basketball. And 
It was crazy. There's a counselor up at Port Moody Secondary, Jerry, um, I forget Jerry's last name, who was Dave Gunther's son-in-law. And it was such a thrill. He told me Dave was coming out to visit, and uh, I got to see Dave again. But he's the one that I got interested in coaching basketball. Was it Arashenko? Dave, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Arashenko. Yeah, great guy. Jerry, that's right. Oh, great guy. And I actually seen Jerry running in the neighborhood one day. He had a University of North Dakota shirt on. I stopped. I stopped him. Who the hell are you? What? I, you don't see that around here. But... Uh, so uh, th- it was Dave Genter that really got me excited about basketball. We would break down film in preparation for their weekend games. Then we would go and take stats. And that's when I really got interested. And then when I came back home and started teaching, well, baseball and hockey were my sports, but you weren't going to get a teaching job if you did that. Uh, uh, the administrator for me at that time, vice vice principal at the time was great guy, Ray Towers. He said, what can you coach? I said, I can coach anything. What do you want me to coach? And that's how I started. I coached uh, football and uh, I coached the, uh, we had a kid that was interested in pole vaulting. I coached a pole vaulter and then I coached basketball. That first team I had was, uh, there was a guy on that team that became pretty significant on Rich's team at Centennial. Guy we called the horse Brett Austin. So yeah. What school is this at? Coma Lake. Yeah, I was at Coma Lake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So was that, was it 8, 9, 10? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that okay. was when. Yeah, and you're at Centennial at this I point. I was at Centennial. Was Centennial your first teaching job? No, I taught it, at Moody Junior for two years. Okay. So you went back to Moody Junior yeah. and taught there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, my, uh, my student uh, teaching sponsor was Tom Harris. And then an opportunity came up to go to Centennial. Uh, I went up there and Gordy Betcher was uh, the coach of Centennial. And in those days, you had to wait your turn, mm. right? <laughs> and uh, we had, Gordy only would, would, would only take one grade 11 up to his team. Oh, right? wow. Coquitlam had, uh, Centennial at that time was about 2,300 students. Unless it was Lars Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. Make an exception for him. Yeah, yeah right? we made and, an exception yeah. for Lars. <laughs> I, I had a, like a stud JV team. And at the end of the year, we played, the, the senior boys, and we just kicked their ass, right? Uh, but we, we were loaded, and then the following year, we won the Fraser Valleys, right? And I thought, like, I knew everything about basketball because my, my basically my first year coaching senior, and, like, I, I didn't realize that I just had, like, a completely loaded team, mm. right? Give us an idea. So what year is this? Just so people, how long This is uh, 1977. There you go. Oh, and someone in this room was born that year. Okay. <laughs> I won't name names. The, but, the, the, yeah. And the, the team, that, the two teams that made the final that year were Oak Bay. Yeah. And I remember phoning Oak Bay trying to get a game with Don Horwood, right? I thought I could just get a game with him and his secretary wouldn't even let me talk to him, right? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and that year, <clears throat> Princess Margaret. Okay. Made the final. And, uh, we, that's who we played in the Fraser Valley final, and we had beaten. We played them four times that year, and we were two and two. Uh, they they were loaded uh, as well. Really, really good team, and uh, they gave Oak Bay a, a, a really struggle, a real tough game at that time. But uh, Don Don was a great coach and uh, had a great program, right? So, is there a bond and kind of a relationship formed early? Like you're 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 sending kids to Centennial, and are you guys communicating about who's coming up, or is there a relationship formed yet, or you know? <sighs> We didn't, no, we didn't really communicate at that time. 
Rich started, uh, I think it was my last year at Coma Lake. Rich uh, started running a sort of, uh, we'd come up on a, he'd run a preseason coaching clinic, um, player clinic. We did that once, but no, it, it, I don't know. It, 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 that was, it didn't really work out that way. When I'd been at Coma Lake for three years and I had a situation that I just, I needed to move. It, it, I was kind of, I wasn't happy with the administration and I just decided I had to move. And uh, I got a visit from a very famous uh, Port Coquitlam secondary teacher and coach by the name of Mike Ross. <laughs> and Big Ross go, I was coming out of my room at Coma Lake and he goes, hey, Van Oss, you little shit, get over here. <laughs> well, I played football for Mike Ross at Montgomery Junior Secondary a long time ago. And uh, so Mike had approached me and Mike had talked to, I think, Rich and Bob McGill and different people. Mike was adamant we needed to get a basketball program going at Port Coquitlam Secondary. They had a program. They, I mean, it's, you know, their famous alumni, uh, our famous alumni, Terry Fox, played basketball. But it was, it was like every other sport. You offered the sport, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a year-round venture like it is in today's world. And and Mike just felt it was important to have a strong basketball program to help a school out. And Mike, of course, ran the football program. And uh, I guess through his conversations with people, Mike pinpointed me as the guy to come down there. And I didn't know a damn thing about basketball. We had won the Coquitlam Junior Districts when I had Brett Austin, but we won because I had Brett Austin and a bunch of guys that were really keen. Mike Scott was a grade nine on that team and Paul Larishell. And they just, they played hard for me. I I mean, that's, we just played harder than everyone, but we, I didn't know what I was doing. So I thought about it. I got offered a couple of P jobs and I thought about it and I thought, you know what? That'd be a good challenge. Maybe I should take it on. Well, I went down. So I ended up taking the job. It was Port Coquitlam Secondary at the time. I went through my first year and realized I didn't have a clue. We were 5 and 19, and that's when I started to meet the guys who really mentored me. Uh, Rich was obviously one of them. Richie, I'd go to Rich's house in Port Moody, and he just started teaching me about the game of basketball. Rich Goulet, uh, that's when Rich Goulet actually had this idea to start the team camp. And when we first started, there were eight teams, if I recall. There was uh, Ross Tomlinson at Burnaby Central. There was Rich and Richie at Centennial. There was myself at Port Coquitlam Secondary. Ken Dockendorf uh, at Maple Ridge. Um, Marinus at North Surrey. Yeah, we had Marinus at North Surrey. We had someone from North Shore. 1984. Yeah, we had someone from the North Argyle. Shore. Pardon me? Argyle. I don't know. I forget who the coach well, was. was Langley no, there? didn't we have was Randy? Um, oh, Rand, uh, Randy, Randy Young, I think. Yeah, Randy Young, Randy yeah, Young I think, came. Uh, Paul Eberhardt brought his team out, right? 
I'm in this week-long camp. with. The, that's when I started to learn about basketball. And then Rich was good enough. Richie was good enough to, uh, he said, hey, do you want to help Doc and I? That was the year you guys had the, was it the 84 BC select team? Yeah, under, under, under 17 yeah, provincial we team. We went uh, to BCIT for the tryouts the yeah. first year. And then the second year we went to University of Victoria. And when we went to the University of Victoria, that's when I Richie introduced me to Ken Shields. And Shieldsy was so good to young coaches. Like he, I, I just remember talking with him and he had hours and hours and then Richie convinced me to come up to Penticton to go do Fred Fedorik's basketball camp, which you probably would have been there. But Shieldsy was the head guy there. Well, spending time with Shieldsy was such a treat. And then with Richie, Rich and I driving up there, and I just, that's when I became immersed in it. Uh, there was a guy out at Mission that was really good. In those days, we used to go out um, every spring we'd go to the big coaching clinic down in Seattle. And I would go with Richie, uh, Rich Goulet, Ken Dockendorf, and a guy out of Mission who was passionate about coaching, Brian Fichter. And I, Brian Fichter was so good, again, to a young coach. So I was pretty fortunate, and I realized pretty quick, I loved the competition. I've always loved competition. And... Uh, I made it my goal to try and get Port Coquitlam Secondary on the basketball map. I love the the collaboration, but still, when it's go time, it's competitive time, right? And do you have a if you ever think about the future of basketball and like I've never had anyone, and not that I'm worthy of anyone asking to come to my practice, but over the time, no one's ever said, "Hey, can I come sit in on your practice?" Um, you know, the I yeah. I think of there's a lack. You know, once your vintage kind of goes off into the sunset, who's the who's the mentors right. and who are the right. mentees? Is it because young people kind of think they know it all? Do they have way more resources? Is it a combo of a few things? What do you think about that? Before Rich, I'm gonna let Rich answer that, but I, I got to say something because Rich mentioned something earlier, mm. and that that was the way it was when he first went to Centennial. There was a pecking order. Gordy Betcher was the head coach, and when Gordy Betcher was the head coach, Rich was never going to be the coach until Gordy said, enough. But in those days, you had lots of coaches in the schools. You had teaching coaches, and we've gone to a community-based coaching system in a lot of cases, and uh, it, I, I mean, as much as I appreciate, those guys work hard, and they are passionate, but it, there's the connection with the school is hard, but I think I don't like the way the game's going. Um, these uh, multiple skill trainers, right? Um, the 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 I did a, cl- a clinic with Drew Hanlon in in Manitoba, right? And I I think he's probably the best skill trainer right now uh, in the U.S. And we we had uh, three or four dinners over three or four days and. And like this, this guy was super knowledgeable. I mean, grab the uh, bill at least. The bill was taken care of, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and and he said, "I don't ever want to be a coach. I, like coaching is hard." He said, "Skill training, you're just teaching kids how to do certain aspects of it." He said, "Coaching is a completely different thing." And he's the only skill trainer that I've really heard 
say that, right? That he understands his role, right? Like, if you ask kids now who their coach is, I don't even know if they can tell you. Well, I, I work with Ellie Clifford on Monday night. I work with Allison McNeil on Wednesday night. I do uh, drive on, uh, on Thursday, and I play uh, BC United on the weekend, right? And so I think get, kids get pulled in so many ways. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and I go to New West, by the way. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and uh, in 48 years, I've never charged a kid to come down for a workout, right? And I, I just find it, uh, I, I understand it for some of these, these clubs, to form a good club, that, that takes a lot of work, right? And guys are just forming clubs like left, right, and center, right? I mean, oops, uh, uh, yeah, like Eric, uh, the split second, Eric uh, Butler, yeah, yeah. like he, 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 I mean, that club is, is a well-thought-out, well-developed, uh, well-staffed, right? And it's not just a way to make 1500 bucks, right? Like, and, and so I, I, I worry about that. Like, uh, I used to go... Any opportunity I could get, I would go watch people. I, uh, I watched Allison and Mike McNeil. I sat in on probably literally hundreds of workouts uh, when they were doing the national team. And uh, Mike McNeil, technically, one of the tops. Like, I, I learned so much from him just watching how he taught things, right? He, was, he had such an impact on the senior women's national team that people w- w- like were not aware of. Like, like I, I really think he was the the kind of the, the, the technical uh, brains behind the operation. Uh, and then, like I said, Shields, anytime I could, I could get him. And then Rich Goulet and I went down. And uh, Rich Goulet, Goulet had worked with the athletic director at Arizona. And we went down and we, we got to sit in Sean Miller's practice for a week. And we were the only people allowed because he had closed practice. And he was not happy that we were there. And, and in the entire week, he didn't even speak to us. Really? No. Yeah. But it was great because, I mean, his practices were unbelievable, right? And, and we also got to watch the girls' uh, women's practices. So we got back to back. And it was the last day. And uh, he had f- about five MBA scouts in to just w- watch because they wanted to kind of assess. And he's teaching something. And he, he finally turns to the MBA guys and says, hey, you know what I'm talking about? How, how would you teach this? And he didn't even let them answer. And he said, oh, shit, you guys don't know anything. Hey, you two guys over there, can you give me the answer, right? <laughs> and Rich and I then, you're talking to us? And, uh, but it was, that was a great week. I, I learned, and we used to go to clinics. And then um, the team camp was really a, uh, a coach's clinic for like the whole week, right? And then Don and I kind of formed... Rocky Point basketball camp, right? Uh, Tri City News. Tri City News. Tri-City News. Was, yeah. you it, and Bob it was Rocky Gill. Point, yeah. You and, and Bobby had, and and yeah. then so like yeah. uh, that became a great uh, teaching uh, point for the whole district, right? We got coaches involved. And- was it the team camp because you guys were in each other's gyms and getting to see each other and the things that you were saying to the kids? Like I, my re- recollection is we're at Ridge, we get a session with Doc, but then there's another coach also doing a session as well. So you're kind of cross collaborating and watching, right? I was yeah. doing a session, Donnie yeah. was doing a session, yeah. Doc was doing a session, Rich but, was doing a session. But yeah. but the but the beauty was we would meet at night, yeah, mm. right, and you would you would just you're with other coaches and you're exchanging stories and you're talking about. And and the other thing was uh, the teams that came in, um, 
you know, if you went to uh, Rich Goulet's gym, you probably didn't do any coaching because he would do everything. <laughs> but when the guys would come, I'd take a look at the lineup. Mm-hmm. And if Paul was coming, Paul Eberhardt, I'd just go right up to Paul and say, Paul, I'd, I want you to teach whatever it is, right? Because you're good at it. Not if, defense. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get I used to get Paul to teach rebounding. He had a WWE uh, a session on rebounding yeah. that was he would throw guys around like wet dish rags. It was just I I used to love it. It was my favorite part. When Paul would come into my gym, I'd go up and say you're doing rebounding. He'd start laughing, say I can hardly wait. He'd go late. He'd go into our uh, equipment room and he'd He'd rest in, uh, he'd go for a sleep in, in on the uh, wrestling mat. I'd have to go wake him up, say, okay, rebounding time. Let's go. <laughs> hey, s- speaking of Paul Eberhardt, when are we going to get him into the Basketball BC Hall of Fame? Like, somebody's got to nominate him. There's something, but there's something about if they're still actively coaching, you're not allowed to. He's in. No, but yeah. you're an exception. Look at your no, tracksuit track today. Doc and Dorf's in. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Japan that's, basketball. That's, that's, yeah. What's that? I said, look at his tracks. Japan <laughs> basketball track. You're in a league of your own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, true. Sorry, Don. Eberhardt's got to get into basketball. Be, uh, be, he's done so much. It's true. Yeah, without question. Yeah. No, that's, it's just interesting reflection, right? And I think of the future of our game and who are those mentors, right? Like jumping on the provincial team just to learn from Scott Allen and Goulet for a summer and, you know, working with Gil Chung and Tony Scott for a summer, right? Just not even like for myself, just so I can see how other people do it. And I just... I don't know where that mentorship is going to continue or how it's going to continue or, or even look similar, right? So, But you got to have, I mean, there's got to be that, hey, when I came up, there was no question. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to be really good. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think uh, maybe it was because of my days as an athlete. I don't know. But I just was a sponge. I just kept my ears open. When we went to the BC championships and Rich would have his centennial teams there, I'd sit amongst coaches. I'd always sit with Goulet and I'd sit with Dockendorf and, and, and just sit and listen. And the beauty of someone like being in the same school as Richie is that Rich has the attitude that he's still learning. And I, I just don't see that attitude amongst young coaches right? Uh, I'm still learning. I still learn stuff every day. Uh, Tony Scott will tell you he's still learning and he's been around the game a long time. Well, one of the best years I ever had was uh, I went, I took an educational leave. I guess that would have been in uh, 85. We actually played uh, Rich in the Fraser Valley final, Port Coquitlam Secondary and Centennial. And I think to this day, it's still the largest attendance ever at a Fraser Valley final. I mean, at one point in the third quarter, Mike Thompson was refing, and Mike comes over and he says, Donnie, he said, that timeout, you got another minute, two minutes. I said, well, what's going on? Well, their fans had attacked our Raven. It was awesome. <laughs> that year, uh, that particular year, Rich came down to our gym, and this is what I'm worried about high school basketball. This is what worries me the most. When Rich brought Centennial down, in those days we played uh, everyone twice, right, in the league. Rich came down to play at Terry Fox, or at, uh, it was Port Coquitlam Secondary. 
we beat them 51-50 in a packed house. Like you remember the old gym at uh, Port Coquitlam there on Wellington. And we had chairs up in the, up in the uh, stage. We had, it was packed. And everybody at the school for two days talked about this game coming up. And it was a classic. Now we had to go play them in the second. It's always, it was home and home in those days uh, in your league. Rich had the place packed. It was packed. He had chairs. You remember that small gym at Centennial? Yeah. He had chairs around there. It was, they beat a 71-70. So we flipped a coin because we finished, we tied for first in the league and we flipped a coin who, who was going to host the next one. And we won the coin toss. He came down and you talk about the mentoring. He came down and he, he was doing some shit that I didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> and so after the game, they beat us. They won the league. They went in number one from our league and they beat us. I, I, I phoned Rich Goulet. I said, I have no idea. He said, I said, he said, hey, come on out. I went out to his, his school, mm-hmm. 9.30 at night, and mm-hmm. we sat and talked basketball. Mm-hmm. And he got up on his board, and here's what's going on in that. And then we played Rich in the final that year at, in the Fraser Valley. So mm-hmm. we were one and two in the Fraser Valley that year. And I think in those days, only three teams went yeah. to the BCs. Three. Yeah. And... Uh, the final was played at SFU, the old SFU gym. That place was packed. I miss that now. And those are the things that I worry about. And it seems to me, like you talked about, those are like this is what I worry about when we get so many community coaches. Because the one thing, I, when Rich and I decided to join together, what I was worried about, and what I realized within about two seconds, Rich and I are on the same page. The culture of the school is the most important thing. We love basketball, but we want the culture of the school to be... So, and I think it worries me with the community coaches that we lose that aspect. And it also worries me because club basketball is becoming so dominant that the culture of the schools. <coughs> And basketball in those schools and sports in those schools is being lost. And um, I don't know if we can recover that in any way if we continue to go down the road. I mean, when Donnie talks about that rematch at, at, at Centennial, I had promised the whole school that if we lost, I'd get an Iroquois cut, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you get and, it? Uh, we didn't lose. We went no, no, 70. we beat you there. No, oh, no, which, oh, the... Uh, back, it is. Yeah. Oh, the... Ba- oh, but but I, you, didn't, pre- you didn't promise at the Fraser Valley Final? No, oh. no. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the thing is, uh, uh, we shouldn't have won that game. They went about 9 for 20 from the foul line, right? But in, in, during that game, someone someone pulled the fire alarm at cent- really? <laughs> Centennial. Well, yeah. And uh, it was so loud, uh, nobody even heard the fire alarm. Yeah. And the... Dan Doyle. Yeah, Dan Doyle comes <laughs> in and, and, and gets everybody out, right? But there's well, also like... No, 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 no. <laughs> he wanted to get everyone out. Yeah. And Rich said, no goddamn way. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I would never there's go no against fire, fire Marshal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, in, in my experience, too, I, I got a chance to work uh, uh, at UBC for a year. When, and when Bruce Enns took a leave, that was a great year. I, I, I learned a lot. 
because I, I the coaches in Canada West at that time were were, were fabulous, right? Yeah. Uh, I got to work with Scott Clark at Simon Fraser for a year, uh, and uh, Scott probably technically there's nobody better in the province, right? Like he he he's he's a constant studier of the game, and and he has his own way to teach it, and and uh, I just really enjoyed that experience. So I don't think the the club experience is that, right? Mm-hmm. The club experience is just you go from one game to the next game. There's no prep, right? It becomes, uh, uh, but having said that, there's some great people in club, right? Like, of course. And, and, and they have something to offer too. Mm-hmm. But uh, high school basketball, is, I think, is in trouble. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so, Donnie, talk about, you know, you talked about starting at Poco and being 5 and 19. Um and obviously seeing the program start to grow and develop must have been a really good feeling. What was it like having the school transition from Poco to Terry Fox? Just talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's... Well, the tra- the, the transition, uh, it actually, the, the renaming of the school was the year I was on my uh, educational leave. I was up at Simon Fraser University, and Rich talks about different pl- people he's worked with. That, that was one of the greatest uh, years of, of my basketball career. I, I had the opportunity to spend a year with Stan Stewartson, and uh, I'll never forget it. And, and in all honesty, it, it, I didn't learn a heck of a lot about X's and O's. I just learned about how to communicate with people, with players, how to motivate. Stan, Stan was, he, he was special. God, he was special. So when I came back, the school had been renamed. But it was not hard to embrace Terry. I mean, when, when I got the basketball, when we started to, to make some progress in that, I met with Betty and Rolly. And, uh, you know, we went out for dinner one night, and I said, you know, I want to get this thing to the point where we can honor Terry. I know it was his favorite sport, and uh, that was my goal. And uh, luckily, uh, through persistence and pushing hard and seeing the athletes, uh, one of the keys at our school, when I first came here, I recognized right away the number one job was to let the kids know in this area that I'm going to work my ass off to try and get a program. Because everyone at that time, whether they went to Mary Hill, George Perks, or Hastings, if they were basketball guys, they'd go play for Richie at Centennial. So I had to convince them that, that look, I'm not of the same knowledge, but I will not get outworked. And so we're going to work hard. And I started doing things like uh, I'd do little, um, every month I'd send out uh, uh, a little sort of, newspaper flyer mm-hmm. and talk about what we're doing at, at Port Coquitlam Secondary. And then I'd go to the junior highs and I'd talk about those kids and who's coming up and what, and, and what happened was, and in those days we were the only school in Port Coquitlam, right? right? Yeah. In those days you had Centennial was the Coquitlam school, Port Moody, Moody. Secondary was the Port Moody school. And Port Coquitlam Secondary was art school, right? So I was I had South Side and North Side. And it didn't take long that the kids they just wanted to be 
They wanted people to spend time with them, and that's what we did. And I'd go in the springtime, and then, of course, Goulet's, uh, and then Richie and I got together. We started the Tri-City News basketball camp. That became important. You recall that that was the only show in town in the summer, and we would have a hundred of the best players in Coquitlam, and we'd have them broken up into age groups, and Rich and I would rotate around to the different gyms, and uh, but we had good coaches too. We had, uh, you know, a lot of guys that were uh, just coming into the game uh, when he first moved out from Ontario, Paul McNaughton, but we had Tony Scott, we had Steve Pettifer would be a part of it, and Cripe Steve won three, two or three BC championships with the girls' teams. We had guys that were good people who would help. Emil Nielsen would always help. And oh, yeah, uh, just, Nielsen. yeah, okay. lots of lots of good people. That was the whole thing. I, I had, so when I came back, now you've got a, a school named Terry Fox. Well, then you're selling Terry? That was pretty easy. And I think with you two, like the thing that I always appreciated and the kind of, you know, you're a huge example of what an educator should be was like, it wasn't when it was basketball time, it was basketball time, but you know, Rich is always dressing up and being goofy in the hallways and you're chirping every kid that, you know, you're developing different relationships with them. And it's not even just the basketball kids. So why wouldn't kids want to come to a game and support their friends that play on the team, but also, you know, Hey, I'll give you two extra bonus points and socials if you come to the game tomorrow. And just yeah. making that connection with the whole community, right? And that was one of the things I always took away from you guys is walking the halls wasn't forget from class to washroom back to class. It was how many friggin' kids can I bump into and chirp and give a hard time or connect with yeah. as well, right? So, Well, I think Aaron, if you ask Don or myself, we both love coaching, but we love teaching more. Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think that's the case for a lot of coaches. Right. I remember, I can't even remember the class I was in with you in grade 11. Socials 11. For you? What, what was I with you? Law 11. Law, Law yeah. 12, probably. And that was when you had to handwrite the write-ups, right? Your report, your, not, it wasn't the report. Anecdotal the, the report, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You wrote like four paragraphs. You literally saw me every day of my life for like five months. You knew my parents were a phone call away and you... You criticized me, you gave me some advice, and you told me what I was doing well. I never forget that. I was like, you could have easily, you probably told me all these things, but you wrote like three and a half paragraphs about how I was doing in this class. And I was like, holy shit, man, this is crazy, right? And like, I took it to my hey, parents. And you they could were have like, got away with one sentence. You're just a horse's ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a sentence? You could have just put horse's ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was a class act. He didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. When I was young, my dad and mom gave me a, a selection of books. They were called Winter, Summer, Autumn, Spring. What happens to Aaron? Everything. Aaron the Alligator. But it doesn't matter what season it is at Parkside. We want you to go. The tasty beer, the friendly people, the amazing food trucks are all there for you. And if you can't make it because of your location, please hit a local government liquor store, buy some beers, support Parkside, because they support a hoops journey. And if you care about what we're doing, it's the right thing to do. Get in on Parkside, because we appreciate them. Thanks, Parkside. When I say the words Main Street to you, what do you think of? I think of urban. I think of shops. I think of restaurants. I think of a place to go get a drink. Maybe a great burger. Relax with my wife. So many different options. Now, 
our good friend Shane Meyer is back and they're located in Mount Pleasant 3283 Main Street good lad clothing one of our two sponsors so appreciative of them we would really appreciate if you went out of your way swing by the shop check it out say what's up grab some jeans maybe a shirt some men's products grooming products for yourself and support local we appreciate good lad clothing and they appreciate what a hoops journey is doing swing by and let us know your thoughts thank you to good lad And then, you know, and I think it's important to touch on because people that don't know you and what your professional lives are like, you can tell that you did it with passion. And anytime, like I posted a funny picture of you guys on Facebook, you don't even know what the amount of people that went to Fox that posted, oh, frick, I love those guys. Best guys ever. No connection to basketball whatsoever. Just students. Maybe they played sports or were in drama or whatever. Oh, just amazing. Oh, they look great. I love those guys. You know, like the amount of comments I saw but just speaks know, volumes Aaron, like about that. You, you mentioned, you just happened to say the drama, like... That 93 team that won the BCs, we had a group of people who were the drama kids, right? Mm-hmm. And those drama kids were the bleacher creatures at our, at our basketball games. Yeah. All, everyone in those days, the culture was everyone was together. So we would have the bleacher creatures up there dressed up, going crazy up in the stands, and then if you recall, when you played, mm-hmm. what did we do in the uh, spring? What was our job as basketball players? We served as ushers for the oh, drama right production. The, the drama production, yeah, of course. Right, yeah, with yeah, the basketball, right. the senior boys basketball team, we were the ushers at the play, right? And we'd be all dressed up in our, in our ties and that. And the whole community supported both, right? So we would get people coming to games. I mean, I had some people come talk to me about this as a couple years back now, but they said, man, you know, I never liked basketball. I never liked sports, but I used to love coming to your basketball games because it was, it was an event, right? And well, we, just, we, we just don't have that anymore. We just don't have that anymore. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You guys um, talk about this moment when you two decide, Rich, you decide to, to leave, you know, Centennial is probably a really hard decision for you. Um, almost ruined my life, but I ended hey, we up. We had Brett Anderson. It wasn't yeah, that yeah, hard a right. decision. <laughs> I, remember be, I remember being in grade 10 and you guys let me, you, you let me come to spring uh, to team camp and like Brett's driving the minivan and I'm like, holy frick, I'm in the car with Brett Anderson. <laughs> and then I'm like on the court with them trying not to crap myself. But uh, yeah, talk about other than Brett and Zark and just what, what was it that made you guys decide to do it? Uh, you know, other than a bond friendship that you had had had. At Centennial, um, I'd, I'd been there for 18 years, right? I, I'd been the social studies department head, and I just needed a change, right? And Donnie was on me all the time to come down. And uh, I was kind of king of Centennial, like, you know what I mean? Uh, and I've I come, this, I've I come down to Fox. I've heard the prank stories, like just <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. I come down to Fox, and I'm bringing all my boxes. It's August, and I walk into the school, the old school, and this guy asked if I can help, and I said, sure. And I'm helping this guy, and then I go, go to go away, and he says, hey, can, can you wash the windows and get those other doors <laughs> first, right? And I said, I said to myself, this is perfect, yeah. right? Because I had to reestablish myself yeah. all over again, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Don got me in the social studies department, and, uh, and th- there were great guys in there. And uh, 
the kids at Terry Fox and the kids at Centennial were basically the same kids, kind of uh, hardworking middle-class families, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, what Don doesn't take enough credit for is like he had not only developed a culture, his buy-in with the Fox family and the Fox story and Terry and how he got every kid on every team that we've ever coached to, to understand how significant Terry Fox was and what Terry Fox meant to this school and why it, everything that he stood for is what we should be striving for. I think, I think that's why the success at Terry Fox, right? Don was able to capitalize that, that Terry Fox spirit amongst the athletes, right? And we've kind of lost that a little bit too, right? Because uh, in order to do that, you need teachers on board, you need administrators on board, and and like it, it becomes a, a full time task, right? But a worthy task, right? And so the moment I came down that August, and the custodian asked me to help, and he thought I was a custodian, I knew I'd made the right move, right? But it, it, what's interesting, though, is uh, at least I think it's interesting. <laughs> When I first came off my educational leave, I, I was like a free agent. I didn't go back to, I, I didn't automatically, I wasn't automatically able to go back to Port Coquitlam Secondary. When you, or by then it was Terry Fox Secondary. When you come off the educational leave, uh, you're not guaranteed a particular location, just a job. So Rich... Uh, that's when we first started talking about doing it together. And Rich had me recruited to Centennial. I actually literally, on the Friday, Bill Melville had talked to me, and I had made my decision. And what changed was I had a great administrator, God bless his heart, George Buckley, who I just loved. And so George Buckley, rather than phone me up and say, no, we need you, we need you, he said, okay. I, you know, he said, Don, I accept that. He said, but I'm in a bind here now. He said, I need, and I phoned George on the Friday night. I had told Melville and Rich, yeah, I'm going to come to Centennial. And he said, Don, I need you to give me a recommendation. Think about it. Could you phone me by Sunday night? Because I, I got to have a basketball guy. And after two days of thinking about it and thinking about George, I phoned him back. So this would have been 1988, I guess, 87, when we first talked about doing it together. And I phoned George back and I said, George, I, I got a guy for you. He said, oh, fantastic. Who is it? I said, it's me. I'm going to phone Bill and Rich. I'm coming to work for you. And so... The seed had already been planted about Rich and I uh, doing it together. Rich had then approached me early 90s and said, you know what, Um, there are a couple of things that happened up there and he was ready to move and the rest was natural. Was was your first year 92, 93? Yep. Yeah. 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 And then I, like I, like, you know, when we talked about doing it together, I said, hey, buddy, I got some athletes coming. Like, we're going to be pretty good. I mean, you talk about, too, you got Doug Bins and Larry Street, you know, coaching your, your feeder school teams. And, like, a guy like, who was at Hastings? It was, uh, oh, I can't remember the name. Well, later on it was Brian Dick. But uh, Dave Matheson, when I first came, 
Dave Matheson was coaching down there. But yeah, I, you know, I've never regretted that because I've worked for such good people, George Buckley, Dave Matheson, uh, Brian Fichter eventually came here. Bob King was a VP here. Steve Hendrickson, Chips Woodward. Like I just worked for some great guys that I, I've never regretted that move. I've been here 40 plus years now. Too long. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and let's get into it. Let's get into kind of those years that I'm most familiar with, but like 92, 93, obviously an amazing group of guys and athletes. Um, but you two trying to figure out the whole situation, how it all works. Talk about that first season. Talk about the stories of superstition and going to the same, driving the same routes and Al Anderson driving the yellow bus and uh, just so many great, funny memories. I think um, one talk of about the, the Portland road trips, yeah. like just everything. So many good I think times. one of the things that worked for Rich and I is that we, we were on the same page, as I mentioned before about culture, but we're also on the same page as I knew what Rich's strengths were and Rich knew what my strengths were. And we played on that. And, uh, yeah, I guess one of those strengths is we're both superstitious. <laughs> that year we had, uh, we, we, we had a routine. We had a routine when we went to the BCs that year. Al Anderson would pick the kids up. We'd see the bus off. And then Rich and I would drive down to the Agrodome. And in my white truck. In the, yeah, white, truck. the white truck. Oh, yeah, it was an old white it a, truck. It oh, Christ. Oh Christ! I can't. I can't even remember. Can't even remember. Yeah. It was a beauty, though. The white oh yeah, track, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a. I got a good story about that too. But uh, so we went, whatever way we went, the route we went, we went down. We won the first game. I can't even remember who we played that first year. I know we played uh, Steve Nash, Marty Nash's team, the second day. But uh, on the way home, we stopped at uh, the uh, McDonald's at. Uh, Willingdon and Hastings, the old Burnaby McDonald's there, whatever it was. I can't even remember what we ordered, probably a cheeseburger or something. And then we went home. So the next day, I started to drive out, and Rich goes, and I, he would give me the keys. I drove. It was his <laughs> truck, but I drove, right? <laughs> and uh, I started to, I put my Too blink, nervous? I put my blink. No, he just, he didn't. He, he, yeah, yeah, he, 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 he I put my blinker on. I was. He said, "What the, what, what the hell are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm gonna." No, no, that's not the way we went. I said, "Oh, okay." I had to go the exact same route. We win day two. We're on the way home. Rich goes, "We got to stop at McDonald's." I said, "Yeah, I guess we better." And this, and that was it. Every night. So even on the night we won, we we ended up that year was we beat North Delta in overtime. I think. And on the, <laughs> there was a bunch of people. There was going to be a celebration. I can't even remember where that was. Was it the Taylors maybe? Yeah, Taylors. Yeah. On the way home, we stopped McDonald's. We had our cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> we also sat at the same spot. In same the dome. Dome seat. Yeah. 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 There was one, one night yeah. we had to ask people to move. Yeah. Yeah, you're in our seat. <laughs> so this is where you get it from, Mitchie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we the double A's in Kamloops one year when Corbs was grade twelve. I mean, we made it the final, lost a mission, but I mean, we made them go to uh, Boston, Pizza. Boston Pizza. Same seat, same, same seat. meal, <laughs> yeah. same meal, no questions asked. They had to order Except the same you, thing. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's some quirky things there. 
Yeah. Talk about that year though. I mean, I'm assuming you maybe lost to an American team and you had some amazing battles with North Delta. No, we, we lost to, uh, we lost to Doc at the, uh, ah, Chancellor. Yeah. Oh, did you? That year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, uh. We lost to North Delta up in, in Western Canada. Okay. Uh, we, well, actually we lost, okay. We lost to North Delta twice that year. You did? Because we. Yeah. Didn't you lose just before the Fraser Valleys? Or you we, lost the Fraser lost, Valley final. We lost the Fraser Valley. Right. We lost the Fraser Valley final, and we lost in Kelowna. We beat them at the Beagle. Yeah, and then they beat us the next one. Then we beat them in the uh, didn't. Isn't that when we had that regional before you went to the Valley? And I think we beat them yeah, at the regional. Right. Then yeah. they beat us in the Valley. Yeah, because we played them five times. We they, were two were and tough. two going into the final. Yeah, and that that was like. You know, you talk about, I, I, I watch some of these finals now, and I swear to God, when I think of those teams back in those days, that North Delta team, that North Delta team, uh, Ram Jam Singh and uh, Davis Sanchez. and Clark. Uh, yeah. yeah he, uh, he was a grade 11 on that yeah. team, but the guard, what was yeah, the, the guard? The shooting guard. The really good cut. guard. Yeah, yeah. What was his name? Craig. Yeah. Or Jeff White? Or Jeff White. Well, Jeff, Jeff White. White was good, but no. Peter Val? Peter. Peter Valley. Peter Valley. Oh, yeah. man, he was good, yeah, too. He was good. But those teams, those teams would have won the BCs <laughs> over the last 20 years. The only team that I've seen, and I know I sound like an old guy, but the only team I've seen that was on that level was that Kelowna team. With Bershier, uh, Shepard. Shepard was a grade 11. That that's the best team I've seen in the last twenty years, to me. You know, I, I watched the final. The, the no, I, I watched the, us play Kerry High in the semifinal in ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, and <laughs> that game was the best high school game I think I've ever seen. Mm. And it set a record for the crowd on the Friday night at the Agrodome. And I I remember that game at halftime. A guy, I forget his name, had 27 on us. Not Heinrichsen. Greg Bateson. Greg Bateson. Bateson. It was Greg Bateson. And Don and I were going under the tunnel at the Agrodome, and I, I said, how the hell are we going to stop this guy? Right? He wasn't even really on our scouting report. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, was, and, he was definitely their second best player, yeah. but every, everything was about Heinrichsen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he had a good career. He played at VIU and played at Vic. Yeah. 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 No, no, he was a good player. Yeah, and, and, like, and, and, we had, and we had a guy, you remember Jace McIver. Of course. Who was one of the toughest, best defensive players. He, he, did, he, he couldn't stop him. Yeah. He just couldn't stop like him. The, like that, those two teams would <laughs> kill the, the teams that are winning the BC championships right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that game, I, if, I don't know if you recall, but uh, we were, the game was tied and Kerry High missed a foul shot. Oh, I remember this. And Heinrichsen dunked over 6'10", Dave Morgan, on the rebound. With no dribble, like just, yeah. he pump faked, I yeah. remember, pump faked, pump faked, and just went up and dunked yeah. right over him. Right and over Dave, Dave Morgan. I think Dave was in foul trouble, right? Yeah. yeah so he just had his hands up yeah. and just. And so we were down two, we come flying back. And Vic Rigori's got the ball, and Vic Rigori and Dave Morgan have played one-on-one every morning in the gym for two years. Every night, too. Yeah. Literally. And yeah. without even hesitation, Vic passes to Dave as a trailer, yeah. bang, three, yeah. and we win by one. And as both teams left, we, they got a standing ovation at the Agudome. And 
minutes. Yeah, the the announcers of that game was with um, jo- Joe Thierman and and Dennis uh, from Stevenson uh, Beijan Beijan, and they're saying as well that's the best high school game I've ever seen. And I mean, you can say what you like; they would kick the living shit out of the last ten BC championship teams, with the exception maybe of Kelowna. My favorite thing about that is Dave Morgan walking, uh, running beside Eric Heinrichs and saying, mine was worth one more than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I have this on the, the final note of the game is uh, Raven sealed the win on a Morgan putback off a missed free throw by Aaron Mitchell with nine seconds to play. Was that true? False. Morgan missed a jumper. I got the old board, which everyone says I pushed off Bateson on, you, put it in. You, you pushed and off. I, and like, then I stole it at the end. You pushed off like majorly. Oh, relax. Yeah. And it was, it was, hey, that's okay. I used my athletic hey, ability hey. to grab hey. that rebound. It yeah. was a no classic. Way they were going to call in yeah. right. at that point. Right. That's no, true. no. You, you played physical, buddy. You were physical. <laughs> that, that, yes. That was. Uh, and then in the North Delta game, like, I mean, we started. Brett Anderson played for the Lions for ten years. Was he was he football and basketball? Yeah, MVP? he was. He was the, like, he was the MVP of football. Like, so I wanted to pause yeah. and talk about him a little bit. Like we've talked about Dave yeah. being probably in my eyes the most underrated, underappreciated yeah. high school player, and and Brett like Brett I mean, Brett uh, his grade twelve year he was the offensive player of the year in high school football. He was the MVP of the BC Boys Basketball Championship. And he made uh, the, uh, I forget how they term it, but at the top 15 in the BC Rugby Championships. Mm. And now each team gets one player selected. Whatever, it's the fifth, I don't know what they call it in rugby. Yeah, he was he They was called some, him, a big article, I remember the, the title was Bretsky. Yeah. Yeah, the right. great Bretsky. <laughs> the great, yeah. great Bretsky. That was yeah. Howard wrote that. And he just, he seemed to be like so cool. Yeah. Was he like that? Oh, yeah. Like he just was oh, so, yeah, yeah. He's, I'll never forget that he's at the free throw line and Sanchez is right in his grill, just yipping him, right? And he's just doo-doo and gets up there, like barely even hits rim. Like I remember him in the gym. He wouldn't step back shooting until he got like a certain amount of swishes. I was like, this guy yeah. is, he was just different. He, he, yeah, and he spent he spent twelve years with the BC Lions, and and Rich started to go on about this. Yeah. Chris Zarka, thirteen uh, years with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Davis Sanchez was a cornerback with the University of Oregon. Spent one or two years with San Diego, Diego yep. and then up Montreal Alouettes yep, and that. Yeah, uh, uh, you mentioned Clark um, Haynes. Full ride scholarship in baseball down in NCAA, and then still came back and played college bas- basketball. Came back, here. played yeah. uh, Ram Jam Singh, SFU. SFU. Like there were so, like there were so many post secondary athletes on the floor that night and the next year when you played. You know, yeah, that it it, it was a it's just different. I mean, and we haven't even talked about the the best guard I've ever coached, Vic Gregor. Oh, I mean, oh. He is a best guard I've ever coached. Yeah, at any level, it's it's not even close. I watched that Richmond final again, and I forgot like Chris Lake, who was the best athletic guard in the province. He had no problem with him. He would just they picked him full. They thought they could wear him down because he had the bad back. In two finals, it was crazy. In two finals, yeah, Vic Rigor. In two finals, the final against North Delta, where he had the most athletic guard guarding him, Davis Sanchez, 
And then you've already mentioned Chris Lake in the next year final. A total of six turnovers in two years as a high school guard. with And teams right in his grill. Like Richmond in those days, they were full court pressure everywhere, right? Uh, and North the guy Delta, was basically playing on half a leg. North Delta, uh, yeah, uh, Ty, Ty Kushner, who is a real underrated coach in our province, I think, uh, Ty would, uh, he would, they would go back into his zone, but not until they pressured everything, right? I mean, I, I watched that game, uh, yep. and, uh, and I was just telling the girls that they coached for BC United, this guy didn't go through his legs behind, like, he changed speed. Yeah. That's all he did. Yep. Go behind his back the odd time. Yep. He just changed speed. And organized yeah. the yeah. offense yeah. at oh the same God. time. Yeah. Getting the ball in the, I, 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 and Vic was classic. I, I think it was the, um, it would have been the 94 team. They're coming off the floor, and I can't remember, it was, I think it was our second night, and Dave Morgan is on his right side, and Jace McIver's on his left side, and they're yapping at him, give me the ball, give me the ball. And Vic, we get down, and, and Vic's pissed off. I said, Vic, what's the matter? He said, he's yapping all the time, and he's yapping all. They all want the ball. I'm not giving it to either of them. That was he, and he took control. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. I looked, so th- th- those guys were kind of, and I looked at the two guys. I said, maybe you guys better shut up. <laughs> Do you want the ball? And, and Morgan, yeah, yeah. And McIver, I said, then maybe you better shut up because he's running the show. And that was it. A classic Vic Gregor story. About a, a month before the BCs, uh, we go in to play Richmond, and we just get, hammered by plus 30. That's my grade 11 year. Yeah. 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 yeah we we got, got destroyed. Like, we got destroyed. And so. Bobby Singh fig- finished it off with an Andrew Mavis member. He oh came boy. down, it bounced was, it yeah. off the. It was my face that was in Mavis's crotch yeah, yeah. on the two on one. Yeah. I was Andrew, like, Andrew yeah. just went up and. Oh. Man, and, and uh, what an athlete he was. Uh, and then so there's Vic and I left in, in the change room in the Agrodome. We're heading down to the final. And Donnie had already gone. All the players had already been on the stairs down. And Vic looks at me. He's, hey, coach, you look white. He, I said to him, nervous. I said, Vic, I'm pretty damn nervous about this game. Th- these guys kicked the shit out of us like less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. And Vic just looked at me and he said, yeah, but I didn't play. <laughs> right? And he wasn't being, he wasn't being be arrogant, it. right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, yeah, but Vic, you just started playing at the Fraser Valleys. Right? He says, I'm ready to go, right? And he was the MVP of the game. Yeah, yeah but we, we yeah. to get Vic going, yeah. I don't know if you know this story. So <laughs> we're getting, we're, you know, that week from the Fraser Valleys to oh. the BCs, the preparation. Oh, preparation. And you know, our yeah. philosophy was, <laughs> you're now we're going to a bigger, longer court. We got to be, we got to be in proper shape. Yeah. So our last, as you recall, the last 20 to 30 minutes was all conditioning and it was grueling, right? But- uh, George Oswald, great football coach yeah. and great, great guy out at Notre Dame. He had a young coach and he phoned us up and he said, uh, and this goes back to your comment along at, earlier on in this podcast about do any, does anyone come watch you coach anymore, right? George phoned up Rich and he said, hey, look, I got a young coach. I'd like him to come watch your practice. Do you mind? No. No problem at all. Come on in. So George is in the corner, right? But Vic has been an absolute horse's ass in practice. He's got the back. He's got this. He's got that. So I said to Rich during the day, I said, you know what? Enough of this goddamn bullshit. 
Either he's in or he's out. I've had it. I've had enough, right? And you know me. When I, when I get to, I don't give a shit if you're the best player in goddamn the NBA. If you're not ready to pr- practice and practice hard, get your ass out of here. So I said, here's what I want to do. And we went and I got a guy to film practice, right? We were going to film practice. But I said to Rich, he's not going to film practice. I just want him to film Vic. Rich goes, yeah, okay. What do you, what do you? I said, you got to trust me on this. So we get this guy, and I can't remember who it was. Might have been Sat. Uh, Sat. Probably Sat was Alexander. Sat. Sat Alexander. Was yeah. Sat. It was probably Sat. MR2. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You probably drive it right now yeah. if you could. Yeah. <laughs> so Sat. So Sat. He films Vic through the whole practice. Yeah. After the practice, I said to Vic, I said, we got a meeting tomorrow. We're going to be, oh, okay, yeah, whereabouts? I said, it'll be up in my, up in socials. So I, Rich and I get together. I said, we're going to show him the video of him practicing. We put the video on. We didn't say a word. Vic's sitting there watching. And all of a sudden, he, he, he kind of looks. He looks at us. Keep watching. And at the end of the video, which we kept, we, we shut it down after about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. I said, I got one question for you. Are you goddamn well in or out? We need to know now. Because if you're in, you're going to practice. If you're out, at least we know what we're going into the BCs with. He looked at us. He got a little grin on his face. He said, I'm in. And we didn't worry about him after that. And he came to that practice the next day, but he was ready. But we went and apologized. I said to George, we, we talked to George. I said, hey, we, we got a little issue here and that. And George said, yeah, I noticed. He's, I said, no, it'll be cleared up. Bring, bring the kid next day. Bring him tomorrow. Because I said, you'll see a real practice. And George did come out. Oh, right? really? Yeah, 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 George came. He said, I see you had a chat with him. <laughs> <laughs> but then Vic was the, M- he was the MVP of the final game, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you and know, he was pissed that he was a second All-Star. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but Vic, but Vic he, he was kind of pissed at Donnie and I. Like, we didn't know it at the time. We got a letter. You got a, we, we got a letter about eight years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said that he, 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 he was kind of heard that we had just filmed him, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, he, like he, he took it okay, but it didn't really settle out well, yeah, yeah. right? But uh, we. He played, though. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago, we, we went out for dinner with him and his wife. Oh, nice. He, he came over from London. Yeah. So he's yeah. in London now. Yeah. yeah financial yeah. guy. Yeah. But uh, a, a class his guy. His new wife. He had just been married and he wanted, he wanted to introduce. His wife to uh, to us, lovely, lovely woman. I remember that grade eleven summer team camp. We had enough because we had a JV team too, right? And a lot of the sure. top JV guys played. You know, the varsity game after they'd do back to back, and so we had two teams for its team camp. And you leave it to Vic and Dave to make the teams. And we're sitting on the steps just outside the weight room, just before the gym there. And these two get in a fist fight. <laughs> Dave punches Vic in the stomach, and they're f- like literally fighting about who's going to be on whose team. And I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" And then they drive each other home, right? Like it was yeah. just like I used to walk in the like at six thirty, yeah. quarter to seven, look in the gym, just going at it, throwing the ball. ball at each other, right? Yeah. I just turn around, and walk out. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, like kids nowadays. They want some coach in there with them working on their shot, yeah. right? Like those two guys, Dave hit the three in the game against Kerry High because when he when they first started playing, he couldn't go by Vic. Yeah. And Vic went by everybody and learned how to score because he had to score against bigger people, totally. right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I remember like the it, was, it must have been the third or fourth practice. I was like leaving, and Dave's like, "Where are you going?" And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Where are you going?" And then he just like made me play one on one with him. He's like, "How are you going to get it?" He like I, it was something along the line of, "How do you expect to get better?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then I'm like, "Holy crap!" There's a six ten guy in front of me. What am I supposed to do? Right? Yeah, yeah. They were just they were different guys, man. It was. And so success right away, right? Um, what changes, if anything? How do you can, for you guys, you know, you get to that level, you win a provincial title, it feels great. How do you stick with who you are as coaches and what you want that program to continue to be? Because I think sometimes some people coach forever, don't even make it to a final, you know, pull one off or pull a few off and maybe things change a little bit. How did you continue to keep the program rolling? What was the foundation? Oh, look at this. I, stu- I stunned them, hey? Well, what, what, what happened was the program with the success kind of sells itself. And now you start getting athletes coming in, moving in. But the foundation of our program is still understanding the culture of the school understanding who Terry Fox was, and understanding that when you come to a practice, it's two hours of hard work, regardless. It doesn't matter. Wade Lukes told me a story, and this is a, a Shieldsy story. Like, I, I took something from that because you're only as good as your next win. But Wade Lukes told me they won a Canadian championship, and Wade was a junior, I think, at the time or whatever. And after that, they had won the Canadian championship, probably, I don't know, at that point, probably six in a row, seven in a row or whatever. And they're all celebrating. And Ken Shields goes around and says, you seniors, you go ahead and celebrate. You other guys, what are you doing to get better so that we're back here next year? They didn't even get a chance to enjoy that celebration. But it's rea- that, that is reality. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That, that's where we're at. And Rich and I were on the same page that way. What are we going to do to be better? How do we get back here next year? What do we got to do? And uh, it, it becomes a culture, though, doesn't it, of winning? Yeah, I think so. And I remember talking to you the year that we won, and you said, hardest thing to do is the coach the next year, right? Yeah, I remember you saying that. And, man, was it – it took time. Like, our guys – they were pretty full of themselves and thought that it was going oh, to be. Oh, remember, remember that first road trip to oh, the uh, islands. Steely over in uh, yeah. Ladysmith, got, Randy Steele. Got kicked by they Lady Smith. They hammered us. And then, and then we down. went down to St. Mike's and Hyde's and the boys kicked, kicked our us ass. Too. Yeah. yeah. Hopped on the ferry, no longer yeah. <laughs> number one in BC, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we weren't so high on ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it's funny. Uh, Donnie and I, like, we, we literally, after the league game or playoff game we're just thinking about the next game like like you know i i'll never forget in the bcs i had ryan was grade seven at the time mm-hmm. when we won the first one right and he had come down so donnie and i and the, he he was uh down at the game and uh i actually drove him home that night and donnie donnie had his own car after the final the, when we beat uh north delta and I remember him asking uh, me, like, what does it feel like? And about winning the BC, he said to him, you know, 
it doesn't really feel like there's no real feeling. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the joy and the excitement is, is all the practices, all the preparation. I got more joy, I think. I was more excited 20 years later watching you win the BC Championship, right? Uh, yeah, I remember sitting watching that that's, game That's saying, a good point. Yeah, saying, oh, God, this is, like, I was like a, like a parent, yeah. right? You know, like, uh, so I think the joy comes from seeing kids grow and seeing, like, the, what, what happens in practice, after practice, what happens in the school hallways. You know, winning and losing, it takes care of itself. Right and and if you stay in this business a lo- long enough, you're going to lose some games you should win. You're going to win some games you should lose. Right and and but uh, but competing never varies. See, I, I I love going. I I don't get up there enough, but I, I love going and watching Steve coach up at SFU, an ex player who understood what it was to play at Terry Fox. He was on one of the first teams that. I mean, we got to the BCs in 86, but then we had a long drought, and Steve was on that 91-92 team when Brett was a grade 11. And watching Steve win the BCs in 2015, watching you win it, uh, in fact, uh, to be perfectly honest, we sit in our usual spot at the BCs, and when Terry Fox plays, I'm more nervous than I am when I'm coaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's out yeah. of your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but I, I think I think the biggest we just interviewed uh, Steve Hansen's uh, son Adrian Hansen, and uh, he's got a big new business uh, opening downtown. Right, he's uh, modeled uh, for like some of the biggest modeling agencies. Yeah, and uh, you know he said they they would like an older gentleman like myself to model for them but <laughs> I, I I said no I'm not really interested in yeah, that. Fair enough. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know you know what he Only he, if it's from the uh, neck down. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah they would yeah, no there'd be so many women yeah, around they wouldn't yeah. be able to get any business done. Wouldn't be fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he, he very he, selfless of you. <laughs> but uh he's so he's doing an interview for us cuz we're going to show it to the to our career life education 12. Right. And uh, I, I asked him, I said, uh, like, what was it about Fox that you think that was most memorable? And he said he thought it was the grit that was developed and displayed every day. And he said his most enjoyable moments, he said he can't believe it, it was the 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. practices, getting ready for those when nobody really wanted to be there. But once you got there, like it was full on, right? And uh, so I, I think, I mean, Don and I are coaching the junior boys now, right? And like we don't treat them any different than we do the senior boys. We <laughs> beat the shit out of them for like five months, right? Yeah. But I think... I think they appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, it, it, but it's a different, it's a different era. And, and look, when, when, when I first got to Port Coquitlam Secondary in 83, and then when Rich joined in 92 and right up until my family just got too big and I couldn't, I just had too many responsibilities. I had to walk away and my daughter started playing uh so I, I started coaching girls but say up to about 2002 2000 I don't think I think we had one set of parents who came in who were concerned that I recall and and their concern was ill-advised 
They were wondering why their boys weren't getting playing time. They happened to be on the 92-93 team that lost two, three games all year and were number one in the province all year. One and two with North Delta. And they were grade 11s. Mm -hmm. But other than that, and I said, you just got to wait your turn. And then they came back and played in your 94 year, uh, um, uh, Robin Spence, Finley's, right? I mean, they're, they're one of the few guys that are walking around this province with two rings, yeah. right? But other than that, we never, now, although we, the majority of our parents are pretty good, now the, the parents are, they're, they're hovering around, they're helicoptering around, and, and it's, it's, you know, like, I, but with Rich and I, I kind of just, just take, take on that and say, hey, we'll set up a transfer if you want. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, this is who we are. I tell them right off the bat, I tell the parents right off the bat, I'm going to tell you right now, we're a couple of dinosaurs. We're not changing. And, and <laughs> this is who we are. And you may not like it. It may not be acceptable to you, but this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. You make your decision. You got eight other options in our district. Right? Two stories stick out for me. I mean, amongst the thousands of them, but one is, uh, I think it was Brett McDonald. Was it did you make the semi that year? Stellies you lost to, or no, someone from the island in the semi? No, you lost to Paul, didn't you, that year? No, we lost to um, Guy Beatry's Mc... son was on the team. Yeah. Was it you Stellies? You said Brett McDonald. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, but that it was, was Brett? That, that was with Raj. Oh, it was Raj. That was Raj, Raj Mander. Yeah. 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 So I'm there. At Guy the... Vitri's son <laughs> yeah. was right. on the team. I'm at the yeah. dome. Was Stellies? Yeah. Was it Stellies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It might have been Stellies. Well, I don't know yeah. if it was Stellies, but yeah. I think it was. Claremont. Claremont. I think it was Claremont. Claremont yeah. I'm at yeah. the Dome, and uh, I think you were there watching, because you, you were you coaching solo then? No, yeah. no. no you're I was there. there. Yeah. And I'm up a few rows, and you look- oh, I got you, a story about you that You look game. up, and you go, and I'm like, oh, frick, like, I'm just here to support you guys, and you make me go to the locker room, and I'm like, what am I going to do? You're like, you need to talk to the guys. Tell them whatever's on your mind, and I talked to them, and they were like this, like, like I was speaking the gospel. Never forget that. And secondly- the thing that made me realize it was bigger than basketball was after my first year at CAP <laughs> that didn't go so well academically, right? You had a good talk, talk with me at grade 12 year because I was really frustrated with the lack of looks I was getting. And you said, hey, listen, you know, we're having some injuries and health issues, but if, if we go on a run at BC's, you know, you're going to be our MVP, you know, and, and just kind of just making me feel better about the situation. I ended up going to CAP, which was, which was awesome, but I flunked out, right? And I thought, oh, God, right? couple weeks go by school ends kind of april may you guys are finishing your school year and all of a sudden get a call it's this voicemail it's van oss yeah you need to come down to fox uh we'll be here between you know seven and five so anytime you're free and i walk down there with my tail tucked between my legs you walk in the counseling rich he's here and you two sat me down and you just i'm from what i recall it started out with like what the do you think you're doing Right. And you just went into me. Right. And I was like, and I took it because I had to. And, but that, those are the things that I think, like the AJ's and experiences, is the reason why we are so supportive and love the program because those are things that are outside of basketball. Right. It's that culture that you go to. And you could have just easily let me be average academically and, and move on. For whatever reason, you saw something, and I thought my rippings were over with, but I was still getting them in post-secondary <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it 
it's what makes school is it, the basketball is a byproduct of, but it's the school, the culture, the kids. Mm-hmm. Like I love the kids at this school. It's one of the reasons I'm, you know, I have a tough time retiring is because I, I, you know, I love the kids so much. And I had a couple of chances to, as Rich has had tons, but you know, I, I remember Jay talked to me one time. He said, have you ever thought about coming up and being an assistant and just doing that? And Triano? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know, I'd miss school too much because I did it the one year with Stan. And as much as I loved doing that, I really, that one year, I realized how much I loved teaching. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I don't think like um, so. Last year we were coaching, and we got mainly a great grade. We start like three or four grade nines, right? And we're in a new league, and we're with Burnaby South, like who have yeah. like won the BCs. Well, yeah. St. Thomas More was in the league. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. I had that whining <laughs> coach on his hands. Yeah, yeah. That goddamn guy. Kid whining that we were too rough and <laughs> shit. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> for the record, that is false. We got this. I said Mitchell would be embarrassed by your behavior. <laughs> <laughs> so Get we got, him. We got Get this, him. We got this one guy, this young grade nine boy, and uh, at, it's December, and uh, his mother comes up to me and she says, uh, "My son is like hating basketball," and I said, "Well, that's unfortunate." I, 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 he says, and he says he doesn't like to come to practice. He says you're always on him, and I said. I am on him. I want him to be a better player. He can be a way better player. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not going to get off him. And if he wants to play, he, he can play. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to play, right? Mm. And Don, who knows the family better than I do, he kind of, yeah. he's a little, little less abrasive You guys know each am, other's right? weaknesses yeah, and yeah, strengths, yeah. right? You okay. wake away. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I like I wasn't I'm not I'm not willing to bend on this guy right because he's a good he has potential to be a really good player. Who right? are you willing to bend for? Like that's <laughs> that's a different podcast, but like um, yeah, 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 like, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so yeah. uh, long story short, we make the final uh, of of this uh, of the of this new like old Fraser Valley kind of new zone, and uh, and this kid's the MVP. And his parents are jumping up and down, and he's jumping up and down. And I look at Donnie, I said, I think he's liking basketball now. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Donnie said to these parents, you just have to trust the process, right? And, like, and I, I, that's, that's what we can't get right now. I heard Frank Martin talking the other day on, uh, on Twitter or Instagram, whatever you guys call it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he's, his son is playing for a coach, and his, his son came home and said, you know, like the guy's like, I'm not playing very much, and he's he, he's all over me. And Frank Martin says to him, "Why are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. I'm not your coach." Yeah, right. And that, that's what parents don't understand, now, right? I think if, if I was a parent, knowing our history, Rich and I's history, if we weren't on your kid, that's when I'd get worried. Yeah, that's yeah. when I'd get worried. Yeah. yeah. When when my son, but it's funny the the, the family he's talking about. Okay. The, the, the mother came and talked to me early. I, and I said to her, I said, first of all, you need to understand, it's not only Rich, okay? Rich is kind of, at that time, Rich is kind of running most of the practices. But I said, I'm on him too. But I said, listen, you got to understand, you just got to stay out of it. And when he comes home, you cannot baby him. You cannot say that's too bad. You just got to say, hey, I guess maybe you better work harder. So the husband got on board with that. Mm. So 
so she was going to try and get involved. And he said to her, he said, what Don tell you? Well, he, yeah, you just never mind. You know, like, we're not going to, we understand human nature. We understand human beings. We understand character assassination and, and, and things like that. But we also understand that kids need to be pushed. And sometimes that takes certain tactics um, because once that practice is over, and you know this, it's like old home week. <laughs> and we're walking out and we're laughing and we're joking. And Rich always ends a practice with some sense of humor, something that we all laugh about and we all, you know, yep. and that's, that's what it's all about. But for those two hours, it's business. My, my son... Uh, when he played high school for Port Moody, right? Mm-hmm. For, for whatever reason, I got to see most of his games that year. Like our, our Fox's schedules just didn't seem to, it was just almost perfect, right? Yeah. And he had a great coach, uh, Alex Devlin, right? And uh, Alex Devlin was a tough son of a it, but he never said a word. Right. All he did is put you on the line, run, 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 run. And yep. they practiced every morning. And, and I'd go to the games and I'd sit in the corner I'd watch the games. We could be out in South Delta, and I, I'd, I'd, Ryan, I, you, you go, you're going home on the bus. You're going with your team. I'm not driving you home. I'll pick you up at the school, right? When I got in the car, we're not talking basketball. If you want to talk basketball, you talk to your coach, right? And uh, very fortunate. I mean, how many times could you get a guy like Alex coaching your kid, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, but I mean, like, uh, I think hey, just— that was, uh, that, was, that was some year, though, because— Okay, the Fraser Valleys, I can't remember. Did we still only three? But they all were from our district. Yeah. Port that Moody, year, yeah. Ryan made the BCs yeah. with Port Moody. Yeah. We made it. Centennial. Pets made it with Centennial. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so the mid-90s weren't just the glory years, you know, well, obviously we could go on for hours but you still have some great success you know you make some finals and keep going and so many great players through the years I remember you know Colin McDonald and I getting to coach Taylor out at uh you know you let us coach a spring league team and you know things like that and stay part of the program and so many different still cool opportunities like this you guys sustained an elite level program for a long period of time you ever give yourself time to reflect and think that was awesome where you're going to do that over a scotch when you're all done, still keep it rolling. I, I, I gotta be honest. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think about it because I'm thinking about, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not at the same investment level that right. I was in those days. I'm, but like say last year when we, we got knocked out of the juniors, how the hell are we going to keep going next year? What do we got to do? It's, it's always moving forward. And I, you ask the question, how do you keep a program going? I think it's that you're never satisfied. Win or lose, you're never satisfied. And uh, so we felt like uh, we had a team this year that could have won the juniors this year. We were, we were, we were going to be pretty good. Us too. <laughs> you thought that too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, excited. We, I was excited for, for this year. Yeah. 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 We, 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 like, well, the, 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 the yeah. year we just missed, though, because yeah. we, yeah. we got a couple of guards that moved in. Uh, um, you might know Tina Frost up at SFU yeah, yeah. and Steve. Yeah. 
their son, uh, Mateo, he's a good little player. We got another good little guard from over at uh, Quay. And, but Rich said it best, you know, we're working with these kids. I, I teach till 3.30, so I don't get down there. Him and Tony start at about 2.30. But, man, these kids are just fun to work with. They're just a good bunch of kids that... Uh, I didn't even notice it, but um, I guess in the Agudome, they, they, uh, the now Langley Event Center, I guess Don and I were the coach of the 90s. Okay. The coaching duo of the 90s. Okay. Oh, the decade stuff. Yeah, decade mm. stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And like somebody says, that he, hey, you guys were the... Well, a lot of our parents came yeah. back when they found I, out. I, I'd never even seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's as much as I've thought about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Someone texted me when they saw yeah. it. And yeah. they, they They took a picture of the board. I went, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But... Can we yeah. talk a little bit about um, Coach Goulet? Just we touched on him a little bit, but I know you had a special relationship with him. And Steve Ewan re- used to write some pretty cool articles about you guys and your movies and all that stuff. And and which was uh, uh, we we lost a we lost a legend. Mm. Um, he uh, he was probably uh, he not probably he probably he is the most dedicated person I've ever seen. He he'd be the opposite of Don and I. He was more in love with coaching than teaching, mm. right? Mm. And uh, he didn't have any perspective other than his own. This guy's a counselor. He's yeah. not even teaching. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, what a crock of shit that is. The last time he was in the classroom was 1993. He's in love with teaching. That's, Jesus. That, that's why I can probably go another 10. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, the, the Goulet stories could go on forever, right? Like being with him down in Arizona for a week was just like, it was his way and only his way. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching a game at Pitt Meadows and he got some bad calls and he throws his coat on the floor, but that's not enough. He comes running out of his change room and as the referees are leaving, he's screaming, you're never coming back to this gym again ever right <laughs> and like uh, uh, at team camp he's demonstrating passing yeah with and he gets closer and closer to the wall and he can't catch it because he's too close to the wall and he breaks his glasses right <laughs> that are uh, probably already half broken and yeah, dirty anyways yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. and glasses hadn't been cleaned for two years <laughs> right right uh, uh but he put pit meadows on the map mm-hmm. right and that school district they should be embarrassed, and, and it's disgraceful that, that they are not naming that gym after him. Um, it is, uh, not only did he bring great notoriety to the school, he brought notoriety to the community, and he brought thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue to the community with all the things that he did with the tournaments and people staying and like in the summertime too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. When we ran the team hoop camp, for instance, where, where did, where did those kids go to get their lunches and their eating and, and stuff like that. And he was way ahead of his time though. That team camp, uh, like you would, I don't know if, don't know where you would have been at that time, but I had a great administration here. And so I went to him because Goulet, he had trying to get the out of town teams was hard. Yeah. Because 
one I remember one group tried camping that didn't work and, <laughs> and and it was too expensive to get hotels so I went and talked to my administrator I said here's what we want to do I want to house teams here well Christ I I'd have 12 13 teams staying overnight at Terry Fox I think Salmon Arm with Jordy oh, stayed here I think yeah. when Salmon I was going Arm, into 12 uh, yeah which I'm gonna call it from um, Dover Bay uh, Mark Simpson, Simpson yeah. yeah uh Steely would always come um the guys from there would be small schools up in the uh, up and around Kelowna and the Kootenays and that. Well, the guys from Trail would come. Uh, oh, the hockey guy, what yeah. was Naka? Naka, Naka. Naka. Oh, I yeah. loved I, one of my favorite guys. Absolute and I, beauty. of course, I would come every night to the gym. But that was all Goulet, and so Goulet would. I said to Rich, "I can make this happen." And he just, okay, let's do it then. If you think you can make it happen. And we worked out a system, and that was all Goulet. That was summertime stuff. And, and, and he never, ever took a cent. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Like all his fundraising, like every, everything oh. he did, right, all went back into the program. All charted. Like, yeah. He knew where every penny was yeah. going. Yeah. And, and, and oh, like. Look at, think of some of those trips those yeah. guys got. Yeah. I mean, he went to Hawaii every other year. Yeah. The one year he did Las the, Vegas, uh, the yeah. one year, remember, he did the sun and snow trip. Yeah. They went down to Florida. They played down there and they came back on the way and played at the big tournament in Saskatoon, I think yes, it is. Yeah. The, the Brit, Brit yeah. yeah. Played the yeah. Brit in Saskatoon and back home. And every, every year he got him running shoes, bags. We always used to give him shit because oh, yeah. we, we were just the opposite. Yeah. If, if if we had just a remember, kind of a jersey, we we thought we were in good shape. I remember we got sponsored by Cons in my grade twelve year or whatever. Yeah, Darcy well, Rhodes got, almost took got, you out on the court. Yeah, yeah. But we got sponsorship. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the, 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 Nike was the first one, and Nike would only sponsor three schools. I think it was us, Kits, and Van. Right? No, it wasn't Van College. They had Adidas. Someone else. Anyways. So we did we did that, but but Rich Goulet ordered yes. everything. Yeah. They came decked out. They had the jackets. They had bags. They had, and uh, we just weren't into that. Yeah, you cheap <laughs> didn't even give us our jerseys after we won. Now it's on Steve Ewan's wall in his bathroom. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, though. he's got my jersey. He That's the one he wanted. He'll text it to me every now and then. <laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but for real though, as we start to kind of wrap it up here, what are you? What are your real thoughts with ketchup on macaroni? Is it a go for you? That would be a disgusting adventure. Okay, I'm not. I, uh, I, I. My mom canned tomatoes. She'd do 125 quarts a year. I'd always get those canned tomatoes. I'd drain them, put the tomatoes on the macaroni. It's an unbelievable meal. No ketchup like it never had canned tomatoes though that's that's a good answer yeah is there a is there a book in your life that you've read recently or that you have read in the past that sticks with you or a quote um, something that kind of guides you i think my favorite quote is you can never underestimate the incompetence of people 
feels like there's a lot behind that statement. <laughs> yeah. You tell me, too. <laughs> Jesus, God. Did you give him this question before? Like, there's not. no way he just pulled that out of his hat. I did not. I would have texted him, but I don't have his cell number, so, you know? Oh, did he? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. Not, only a few get that yeah. puppy. Is it, a, is it a Nokia flip phone, too? I probably get it. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? You have a book or something that sticks with you? Uh, I love reading. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm kind of a fiction guy. Like I'm into the, what's a recent one that you read? That's- He's also like a foreign film. Like, uh, <laughs> like, you never, you can never go by his movie guide because oh, yeah. he's gone hey. to some Korean subtitle or an animated show that, that doesn't count. Hey, these guys are not intellects when it comes to movie. I'll tell you, <laughs> Jesus God. Um, you know, uh, books, uh, I read one by uh, Michael Dyson, who's a black, uh, who's been talking about, uh, it's a great book about Obama's presidency and the black presidency. Uh, I saw him talk on first take one morning, right during the Black Lives Matter movement back in, we were in COVID protocol and that. And I thought, holy man, that guy's an intellect. I got to, I got to take a look at what he's got. And I just read a book by him that was outstanding. It's uh, about Obama and the black presidency. And uh, oddly enough, he, he was very critical of Obama, but it was, it was interesting. He's just too old. He can't remember the title. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not good enough I can for look his it phone up, to though. Google. <laughs> well, we don't have another two hours he, for you to he, figure he out. He can't look yeah. it up, but I yeah, could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're, you're going to hate this question. So if you want to say pass, say pass. Um, who are some of the greatest players that you've had the opportunity to coach and work with? I know you guys were never about all-stars, MVPs. It was team. And that one of the things listening to you talk that I was, when people ask me about that 94 team was like, our culture was so great. Like Dave was our MVP in the semi, right? Going toe-to-toe with Heinrichsen. I think he had 30 and just basically won us the semi. And then Vic stepped up and won us the final, right? And And that culture was so ingrained. But cross your mind, the the countless players that you've had the opportunity. Is there anybody that sticks out? Not necessarily talent, just anything you know in general. one guy that sticks out for me? And, and, and like, you're right. That's a, that's a really unfair question yeah. because <laughs> I had a guy when I first started coaching, Sean Hartley, who's, oh, yeah. I, I wish I would have known what I was doing. I remember you saying that one. Uh, yeah. if, I, if I knew what I was doing as a coach, uh, he, he was outstanding. But you know the, a guy that sticks out for me he broke his leg in the summer, and watching him work to get back was Andre Schmidt. I loved Andre Schmidt. Remember his leg when he snapped oh, it at warm-up there? I'll never forget week. it. Oh. But, you know, I would in those days, Mike Ross and I would get to the school at 6 in the morning. We'd rush to see who could get on the throne first. Remember that old dressing <laughs> oh, yeah. room? And then him oh, and yeah. I would shower, and Rich would come down, and we'd, be, we'd talk for 40 minutes eh? in those days. And bounce, bounce out there getting, trying to get in shape to play was Andre Schmidt. I, I loved Andre Schmidt. Great guy. But uh, there's so many. I mean, geez. I mean, you, you were a pleasure to coach. And uh, that, that group of guys, uh, I was, you know, I was disappointed that we didn't, uh, we had a chance to do something special. And it just wasn't to be that year. We, uh, when Pete Morgan, you know, broke his foot in the bottom there. That, and Ben Simmons gets the mono. Oh, let's not go there. But uh, 
Um, Dave Morgan, Vicar Gore, Brett Anderson, I, the, Steve Penner, I, John Murphy. Like it's just there's so many guys that uh, we had a guy that unfortunately I loved coaching him and he's not with us anymore in a tragic tragic event. Jesse Penner, oh just yeah. There's you know Aaron, there's so many guys that symbolized who Terry was. It's hard for me, but yeah, I, I can't even answer it really. I, there's just too many. Yeah, from both Centennial and Fox. Uh, yeah. I mean, Donnie talked about Brett Anderson. I, I mean, uh, uh, Brett. Uh, that was only a minute ago. Can you, you know. remember? <laughs> uh, not, not Brett Anderson. Um, uh, oh, from Coma Lake. Brett Austin. Brett oh, Austin, God. yeah. Uh, he was a special kid, yeah. You know, bef- before this thing ends, mm. I, I just have to... I have to make this public. Uh, basketball BC. Mm. Okay? <laughs> okay? Like, it is time, and this is a, a, a shout-out to the board, the directors. It, it is time for them to become part of the basketball community again. There are, um, the Basketball Manitoba has a fantastic model. We have to get Basketball BC back involved in basketball in our province. They should be leading. Well, maybe you need to get Mike Heim back. Yeah. Like, they, 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 like they should be educating young coaches. They, they should be spearheading new events. They should be, we, I mean, we don't even have, a, a, like, a clinic anymore. Like, it, like, I don't know what's gone wrong there, and, and it is time to clean that uh, whole organization up. Or for that organization to get out, get their head out of their ass, and become a key figure in basketball B- BC again. We need them. Sorry for the outbreak. We'll pause for station identification. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're preaching to the choir in the sense of there was no other option, right? If you were a top player in BC, you played on the provincial teams, right? You were our U16, and then I had uh, EB U17, right? And then even played U19. and that was the program and that was it. And where, well, I don't know where it's gotten lost, but, uh, but it was a good program. In it was unreal. Days. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, God. No, it was phenomenal. I, mean, uh, I remember, you know, Rich invited me, like I said before, BCIT and then you of Vic and that, that was great for players and coaches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. young coaches who were trying, man, we le- I learned so much in those two years yeah. to propel me to keep and motivating me to, what do you think the first step is? I think... Oh, there's too many? No, the, 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 you know, you, you can blame the director, mm-hmm. but I blame the board, mm. the, the board of governors or whatever they're called, because mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they're responsible for the product that's put out, right? Yep. And, and right now, they're very content to put out no product. Yeah, appreciate the passion. Um, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? MJ. Yeah. Like, is that who you would like to coach the most and have on your team? Or is it just, well, from you're, a talking, pure, you're talking, from, oh, pro- professionally well, ever yeah, everything. Oh. Or is it just from a pure winning basketball player you've seen with your eyes kind of thing or a bit of both? Well, you know, a, a guy that I just really admired both, uh, after his career ended and, and as Kobe Bryant, cause he, he did so many other things, right? 
I'm one of those two. I couldn't stand him when he was a player. Yeah. And then I had an opportunity to listen to him on a podcast a few months before he passed away and just how you just, you assume about people. And I didn't feel right at that because the, what I heard out of his mouth was completely the opposite of what I thought. And it's sad because the, the, what he had planned going yeah, forward and, and especially for women's basketball, which you've been involved in recently too, is like, he would have just helped take that off. Right. Yeah. I'm from a different era yeah. and I, you I grew up, you loving, don't say I grew up <laughs> loving Bill Russell yeah, okay. because the thing about Bill Russell is he just won and he did. It's almost like philosophically what we have always tried to do, do whatever you got to do to win. And Bill Russell just won and he wasn't a big score or anything, but if they needed him to score, he would score, but he would do anything he had to do to win. I loved Bill Russell, but MJ changed the game. He changed the game. And, uh, did you he guys watch that? Special. Did you watch the last dance? Yeah, that yeah. was pretty. It's pretty yeah. cool. Hey? Yeah, it was really yeah, nice. They did a it good was, job. Yeah, what do you say? To, what do you say to the people who say like, "Oh well, Bill Russell played against my mailman and my, uh, you know, my." But they were the best pro basketball players at that time. Oh, he, like hey, he played against Will Chamberlain. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, Eve had Will. And, and there's Eve, a, and, and there was a guard there that I think never gets in the discussion and I don't get it Oscar Robertson but that's a long time ago and it's before you know yeah. it you know people can't visualize it and if you're to look at YouTube stuff and that you're going well cripes they don't look very good but yeah. at that time yeah you, it's tough to compare eras absolutely right? yeah but man Oscar Robertson oh man the triple doubles oh he was he was unbelievable um but MJ I mean certainly the the modern game he he was unbelievable. Dead or alive, get an opportunity, best seat in the house. What concert are you going to? You get to see a live concert. Who who are we going to? Throw a couple if you feel bad, just picking one. Well, Have you listened to the Lars episode yet? No. Just skip to the very end. He has a quite a funny story about his Led Zeppelin experience. So <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. Oh boy. Yeah. I, 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 I would, I'd probably go see uh, Bob Seger. Okay. Okay, and then women, Rihanna. Ooh, really, Rihanna? Mm. I, I didn't. Yeah, she's got a hell of a voice. I love my, music. My wife took me to Rihanna, but there was a couple of rappers that opened up, right? Which I wanted to see. She put on a show. I couldn't believe it, and I forgot how many hits she had. She is phenomenal, right? The eyes, not bad on the eyes either, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, look at you. Who would have guessed that? Yeah, hey? yeah. This is pretty, why we pretty, do this. Pretty good for a seven-year-old. This eh? is why we do this. No <laughs> one would have known. There's I no would have guessed 100 female artists. We Rihanna create, would not be part of We should create a, like a, a Goulet-style lottery before this episode yeah. and give the odds on people guessing Rihanna for yeah. Richie Chambers. Yeah. What about you, Coach? I know you love I'm not music, going yeah. to Rihanna. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I got a few. I got a few favorites. A, a guy that just passed away, and I saw him down in Seattle at the uh, Tractor Tavern. Justin Town Earl was outstanding. I loved him. From the old days, uh, when Peter Gabriel was with Genesis, still one of the best concerts I ever saw at the Peony Forum. Outstanding. Right after uh, uh, Selling England by the Pound was released, that was one of the best concerts I ever saw. Um. But in today's world, if I could go see uh, 
Jason Isbell and Amanda Shire. I'd be there. I've seen them a few times. I'd see them again. Um, from a big band point of view, Radiohead. I'd, they're fantastic live. Wow. I'd love to see When I get in uh, Donnie's car and he, he drives me like uh, yeah. from place to place, like yeah. I'm, I'm too old to be really driving. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got his CDs. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and he's got music that I've never heard before. But I like all I like he, his style. I like all the stuff he plays. Yeah, nice. We need to do another one. I could tell you about my driving experience with him up at SFU. Holy <laughs> shit! Um, who's been the most important people in your life? The people that I had the my 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 mother and father. Uh, just by the how they imposed a kind of a a disciplined lifestyle. Um, I think. Tom Harris from he was the first teacher that I I I realized man that this is what I'd like to do and uh, Ken and Kathy Shields uh, uh, I just can't say enough about them um, they uh, they just are uh, the, what they accomplished and uh, and what they established uh, was just almost beyond belief. Certainly, my mom and dad, without question. I remember when I first went to North Dakota, I'll never forget <laughs> dad's reaction. And I, uh, I should have listened. I said to him, I said, hey, I said, you know, I was going, heading to the airport. And any advice? He said, yep, just keep your zipper zipped up. <laughs> <laughs> that was dad. He wasn't he was, talking about yeah. your jacket either, was yeah. he? <laughs> Sure as hell wasn't. You didn't yeah. take the advice. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then I didn't <laughs> listen. <laughs> My kids, I got five great kids. They're just, uh, they're so special. And now they're, you know, now I'm a grandparent. It's tough to get around. When I think of non-family members, certainly my, uh, you know, well, I'll deal with the family. I, I got two great brothers and a great sister. We're very close. We're, uh, so those are really special. Uh, from an educational point of view, I'll never forget two guys, Ray Towers, who was one of my first administrators. But Ray was also my counselor at Centennial High School. Ray was, he was a special guy. I, I'll never forget him. George Buckley will be in my thoughts forever. I... I love the man. I love what he stood for. Um, when he came down to Port Coquitlam Secondary, he, from a basketball point of view, uh, my compadre right here, Richie, never, ever, never, ever tried to play games or anything. He knew I wanted to be a coach, and Rich gave me more time than I could ever ask for and uh, has taught me a ton. Uh, and then off Richie, I was able to meet the Ken Shields and Stan Stewartsons and uh, people like that. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, two questions left. Uh, appreciate your time. I feel like we could do this forever. but I have uh, two questions too. You do? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Corpse. Um, hey, do we talk to guys that whine on the bench? Oh, here you go. <laughs> no, here seriously. You. No, no, I'm being serious. Do yeah. we, are we going to answer the goddamn do a, question? Do you need a moment to discuss that? You guys are playing so hard and rough. 
Anyway. That is false. <laughs> that is fake news. <laughs> okay, Richie tosses you the keys, and uh, you're you're both kind of feeling a little munchy, so you got to stop at Seven Eleven. What bag of chips are you grabbing? And don't tell me like you don't eat chips. I live in chips. Yeah, uh, so but, do I. Uh, you say you live in chips? I live on chips. Yeah, so <laughs> okay. do I. Okay, and uh, maybe it's a but, Fox but, thing. Steve but, Hansen had like he's like I had a top five. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I only get one kind. Really. Yes, plain. Oh, there's a show. Like it doesn't matter what brand, they're just, they're they're just salted. salted. Plain. No, no, no other flavors. My, my daughter comes down to steal my, some munchies from my, my sweet, mm-hmm. and she complains the whole time. She says, all you ever have is goddamn plain chips. <laughs> is that a surprise? No, actually, I thought, it, it, well, it, it, yeah. it is in one sense. It does it have to be, ch- I thought he was going to say, your uh, Hawkins cheesies. Well, I like oh. cheesies. If you ask Sean Shook, those qualify as chips. Yeah. Well, Shook says those are chips, so. Okay, Hawkins yeah, Hawkins cheesies. cheesies. Yeah, he's and, a Hawkins yeah. I was going to say, like, with a matching tracksuit like that, you got Air Force <laughs> Ones on, you're driving a 2004 Acura with tinted Canada, windows, and you're going to say Canada plain chips? Two. Yeah. Oh, hey, we could do another one, because I got stories about him when he go to the restaurants and that. It's, it's oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you got? Well, if, it, if it's chips, I, I, I like the uh, kettle, hard bite, you know, those Shep crunchy Kurt? ones. Hello? Uh, the uh, salt and vinegar. I'd go salt and vinegar. And I like Hawkins cheesies as well. Nice. Yeah. Have you guys met Kurt Homanick, the owner of Hard Bite yet? No. Big tall guy? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's well, the he owner? Brought, oh, yeah. Kurt, I love he's Kurt. He's the owner of Hard Bite? Yeah. yeah. He brought us a box at the, at, when he came to our tournament. USC. Played at USC? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Kirk, oh, Kirk. Kirk's a great guy. No, awesome guy. Man, he brought, yeah. Remember, he brought us the box of hard bites. Yeah. yeah. You probably didn't get did. any, that's why. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, great well, there guy. there was no plane. Oh, maybe I took him home. <laughs> <laughs> there was no plane. You were just looking out. No, I out. thought you I knew. gave him to you because he hands out chips to kids and that. But, uh, oh, Kirk's a great guy. Awesome I love guy. Kirk. Yeah. yeah, he gave me, like, uh, out of his, out of his uh, trunk after we had a tournament in, uh, at McNeil. Yeah. He was like, you want a couple boxes of these oh, hard bite yeah, chips? And then I think I gave you a couple in the midterm, like, this is, this is great. Yeah. They shipped us a box. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. Well, we have Kirk, uh, when we do our little, uh, when we're in the junior high, we'd yep. have our, we'd invite three teams and just do the, that's how we like to do it. Mm-hmm. We don't like going to tournaments. Mm-hmm. We just bring three teams in. Series, we, yep. we always had it. Last few years, we always had yeah. Kirk. Great yep. guy. There you go. Now you know. We, we got you guys. So my first question is a little fun one. Well, not too serious, but it's... Uh, between the 93 North Delta team and the 94 Richmond team, who scared you more? Ooh. That's a good question. Ooh, that's not fun. Wait, yeah. <laughs> You're making them think. <laughs> I, would say, I would say North Delta was better, but Richmond scared me more because they, we, they had just absolutely kicked us, like so close to the BCs. Um, and they, that year... They had seven of the 12 players on the uh, basketball BC team. This is what I mean. Like, we were talking, like, okay, so, yeah, you've got James Wang, Chris Mavis, Jason Bristow, Chris Lake, Ben Mayen. Bobby didn't – he could have played provincial team. No, but he had a pretty good CFL career. Andy Dunn was on the provincial team and didn't even see the floor in the final. Yeah. The Tomoli boy was almost there. Then you had – I mean, McIver played provincial team. Dave, Vic, me, Ben, 
Pete could have played, but was, yeah. you know, you're he like looking lacrosse at, player. You're like a 15 basketball, was, let alone he played the, professional the, lacrosse, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah, it was crazy. And then Mavis doesn't get doesn't get picked in the top 25. I couldn't, yeah, <laughs> like, I couldn't. I <laughs> top 25 had, for what? For, all time, all time. Somebody's got to smack you and. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't picked as a top 25 all-time high school players? You yeah. did a list. It's not even close. Yeah. He was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah. you got to be kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those two teams, I, I, think, uh, I think Richmond scared me the most only because we'd only played them twice, whereas right. we'd played North Delta four times. And so we really, man, we, they knew us, but we knew them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so uh, and Richmond had oh Christ they manhandled us oh. at the end there and those guys I'll tell you boy they played hard for Bill mm-hmm. they played hard uh, but those North Delta guys played high, hard for Ty too mm-hmm. I still think Ty was one of the most underrated coaches it's probably because he didn't do it for as long but uh, right. Ty Kushner was pretty good awesome there you I'm go. just looking at the list how is Mavis yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta see the list. Where do where do you go? Is it? It's it was uh, on the province. Um, I just looked up uh, Steve Ewan top twenty five basketball. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess my last question for you guys, as you're doing your search there, Donnie. But uh, you guys were just talking about you know the kind of the state of the game. Like it's kind of moved from uh, like Mitch. You talked about like at the chancellor used to have sixteen teams, all teacher coaches, and now we're lucky to get maybe like four or five, six coaches out. And that are teachers, and now that it's kind of moving towards a community model, not as many teachers or even young teachers going to the coach anymore. So, what would your advice be for either a young community coach or a young high school coach? And I'll include myself in that demographic to you know either build a program, build a culture, or uh, you know just develop the group of guys. I don't know. That's uh, I think the advice I'd give. Uh, to a young teacher is that on the mic Richie <laughs> uh, the advice I'd give to a young teacher is that um, <laughs> the the uh, the benefits of getting involved with any activity in your school any any coaching activity any drama any music the the the, the kickbacks you get are far greater 10 times greater than any effort you put in, right? Like what I've the the benefits I've received from coaching basketball, from all the people I've had to interact with and meet and and get to know, and it 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 has made a life, right? So many teachers now they don't understand that by putting something in, they get ten times as much out, right? And they, they kind of look at it from a selfish point of view, right? They're, they're, they're more interested in getting home for their workout. And, and they may be healthier than us, and they may be, maybe have a more balanced lifestyle, but they, they have no idea what they've missed. They, they, and they'll never know. They'll never, ever feel the gratification that I think Don and I have had the opportunity to feel. And that, that I find that sad. Yeah. I don't know, like, who's in, like, the younger generation who might be a future Goulet or a, a Chambers or a Mel Bishop. Forget Mel Bishop. Unbelievable guy. Yeah. And coach. Oh, yeah. 
Well, that's it. You're you're, you're talking about you're nervous watching me coach in the final, and that's who I got a freaking coach against. Like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) Mel's Mel's special. He's one of he's one of those um, name a gym kind of guys. You know, one of those highlight. I was just gonna say one of the best teams I saw at the BCs in the last twenty years was that double A team that Hyde's had that won it. They were so well coached. Lambrick. Uh, I think it, on, yeah, it was. They had his yeah. kid on the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the year the controversy came out about that ex-player. Yeah, that year, yeah. right? Because yeah. we went down and told Hyde, said, the year "Hey, that he won coach of the year." Yeah, yeah, he won the coach of the year. That's that year. right. Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, if you need any character references, give us a call. Because yeah. yeah, but uh, I, you know what I? Okay, when I came up as a young coach, and I just don't see this. You're asking about young coaches, and that I just. Well, first of all, Rich already mentioned, there's no coaching clinics around like there used to be. And you got a, you still got a wealth of knowledge out there that you could draw into. But, but I don't know if the desire is there for these young coaches to go and, like, I wouldn't miss any of them. I wouldn't miss any of them. I'd be up in the top. I remember one time Richie was talking, and this is when I had uh, Stewie and Rob Erickson, Stu Green, and... We, it's the year we, we played you in the final. And I remember Richie saying to these young coaches, if you think you can't do it, you can do it. You can build a program. There's a guy sitting up there in that top bleacher there. He's trying to hide from you. Pay attention because this team, they're going to be special. They're poor Coquitlam secondary, and he's just working, outworking everyone right now. And I don't see that anymore. I was a young coach. I would go, I'd go up and watch SFU practice. In fact, we went up and watched uh, when Scott practiced. Scott Clark, we'd go up and watch Scott practice. Um, I would go and, uh, you know, you just, uh, I don't know, you just, you just don't see it anymore. I, if I was a young coach, I would try and figure out who are these special ones in the province and just go watch, go pick their ears. Because there's not a coach who's not a lifer in basketball who's not going to talk to you about basketball. There was a pretty good one. I'll never forget talking to him. He used to coach at Burnaby South, I think. I think they went to, I think they, I don't know if he won it, but Mike Jones? He won it. Yeah, Mike Jones. I'd sit and talk to Mike Jones for an hour, and I, I knew one thing. My teams weren't tough enough after talking to him, right? And but Last question here for you. Take a second to just think about the the... The final question we usually ask everybody, and yet I like the answers that we get to hear, is if you could do it all again, you would walk. If, if I could do it all again, I think I'd become a little less abrasive because sometimes I would just, I, I, I lose it, right? And it doesn't make my teams any better. It doesn't make uh, me any better. So if I, could, if I could do it all again, I would, I, would, I, well, I think I've, I've, I've I've kind of t- toned it down in the last few years, right? Um, um, but I think probably part of the, the success that I've that I've had is a result of my just you know unbelievable competitive spirit, right? So it's kind of a double-edged sword. But I yeah I I think I would I I would especially in games when it's public. Uh, sometimes I think my behavior is, is not uh, the most desirable. I, I went through a situation that made it really difficult. Um, 
I had a lot of pressure at home to be around home. Um, and so when spring league was over, I would do the basketball camps, but I tried to focus as much as I could on my home life and my kids. My kids and I, and I talk to my kids now, and they they always say to me, you know, Dad, what you should have done, and I regret it is I, I got asked numerous times to do basketball BC teams, to coach at the next level, to, and I always turned it down because of, uh, and I never got involved because of, I wanted to be at least half the year home with family. And I look back on it now, and uh, I, I recognize now talking to my kids that I could have done that and still been a part of, the, of their life without any problem. And so, uh, you know, I kind of wish I would have, you know, taken my what I can do and taken it to another avenue, another level or whatever. But... I've had a, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, I love this school and I love this community and uh, I don't have any regrets really. You know, I, you know, with, with Goulet passing away and, you know, I lost my uncle in during COVID and, and one thing I try to do now is to like reach out to the people that are important and have helped me and I, and I, I hope that I do it enough with you guys and I let you know just really what you mean to me in my life. Um, all the things that you taught me, um, whether you know them or not. Right. And, uh, I'll never forget when I was at Brandon and I emailed you guys, I don't know if you recall the email, but I was like, that's when the light finally clicked on for me about all the hours we put in all the effort, all the, you know, challenging me to be in better shape and making me run at Christmas and getting on me for the little things academically, you know, that's what it all started to make sense for me. And, and I just want you to know how important and special this selfishly, this episode is for me because you're two of the biggest mentors I have. And, uh, I love and appreciate everything that you've done for me and for so many, not only in this community of Port Coquitlam, but you know, the Tri-Cities area, our, our country for basketball. And, and, um, I love you guys and, and couldn't be more thankful. Um, so thank you for sitting down with us. Like I said, I think we could do this for four or five hours. It'd still be super fun. Before we let you go, do you have a last reflection or something you want to throw in there? Like I always say to you when you send, because you're, you're very upfront about, and, and you always, every now and then, I look forward to the text or the email that you send your appreciation. And like I always say to you, it is an honor and it's been a pleasure. And when I think of the kids that have come through Terry Fox that we've coached, it's been an honor and it's been a pleasure to uh, help them progress on. I just got an email from a guy in northern Alberta that told me the impact I had on him at Coma Lake when he was a grade 8. Uh, uh, Mike Illich was his, is his name. I can't even remember the guy. But it's things like that that you just, you know, you know you, you made the right decision. So, yeah, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Well, Mitch, um, I mean, you know how we feel about you, right? And, uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm sort of like Donnie. I mean, this school has become my my life and my home, right? And this community, uh, I think we'd do anything for the community and, and for the school. And, 
it has just been a great journey, and uh, hopefully it lasts a few more years. Thank you so much. Shout out to our sponsors, Parkside Brewery and Good Lad Clothing, episode 55, one for the record books. We'll see you on the next episode. 